Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. It is radio show coming to you live from Dickinson, North Dakota, the studios of KDIX 
also being picked up on their website and also being picked up by Holy Ghost Radio. So you could be listening three different ways, or you could be like Abe and listening live. He's in the studio with me tonight. About time he's done goofing around. He's back in the studio. He was gone last Sunday, I think. But when Abe's gone, we don't record the program, so there. Hey, we've got all kinds of people texting me. How do you know to text me? I didn't give out the text numbers yet. We've got, um, let me see, we got a guy named Eli listening from Dickinson. Uh, a bunch of Lomans are listening out north of Belfield. And Tristan's probably out with that bunch. We've got um, some Millers in Gulva. Kevin's listening out, uh, Kevin Miller out in Gulva listening. And um, <clears throat> we got Dave and Lauren in Fargo tonight listening. Dave and Lauren are uh, a couple that were in our prison ministry, one in Dickinson and one in the New England Women's Prison, and now they're getting married. And they're coming, uh, not this Saturday, but the following Saturday to get married in Dickinson. So I'm excited to do their wedding. Yvonne's listening down in, in uh, Bowman. She said, ready to be challenged, Pastor Bob. So good. The um, We've got... Uh, Brother Griffith out in Montana listening tonight so far. Brother Doug Fuller, he's been a guest on this program listening. Carl and Jeannie, did I say them down in Texas? Carl and Jeannie listening in Texas. Got a text from them. I haven't got to read it yet. Um, the uh, he's, Oh, his job in Texas is ending. Well, good. He can move to North Dakota. Brought my guitar in the studio, and um, I'm just going to sing a kind of an old-time favorite song of mine. This is a song that has nothing to do with my radio broadcast tonight. You can be part of this program by texting me, 701-290-7862. If you want to call in tonight, Abe could take a phone call or two. And that is, what is what is that number? 701-483, what is that number? Six, boy, I don't even give out those phone numbers anymore for them to call. The uh, What is it? 5133, is that the 483 number? 701-483, no, that's the two... 225-5133. Hope that's right. You'll probably be calling CIA or something. All right, this is a song I like. It's um, I didn't write this song, but I like it because it reminds me of my life. I grew up, I was 20 years old before I really figured out what the cruci- crucifixion was about, that I was the one that was guilty for it, and, um, and this song talks about that. It's kind of a bizarre song, but it's got a little twist to it. And I like it. Playing my new breed love guitar. I was in the crowd the day that Jesus died. And as he hung upon the cross, his mother cried. I saw the crown of thorns he wore, the stripes upon his back. Water and the blood ran out Then the sky turned black My mind was filled with anger My heart was filled with shame This man brought only healing Who could bring him pain? Why does it seem the strong Always victimize the weak? Suddenly I found myself standing to my feet And I cried, who nailed him there? 
this child of peace and mercy who nailed him there come and face me like a man who nailed him there then the crowd began to mock me I cried oh my god just don't understand then I turned and saw the hammer in my hand I am just a Roman soldier an ordinary man love my wife and children I do the best I can how could I have killed him there must be someone else it's got to be an answer just can't blame myself but I nailed him there this child of peace and mercy I nailed him there I am the guilty man I nailed him there with my sins and my transgressions I cried oh my god now I understand when I turned and saw the hammer in my hand and really that song seems ridiculous that the Roman soldier would not have known that he was the one that crucified the Lord and uh, certainly that's not what happened but I like the song because I was 20 years old before I realized I was the one that crucified the Lord. You are tuning in to the Tell It Like It Is radio broadcast. I pastor the New Life Pentecostal Church right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. We've got um, uh, we've got the Schulers listening up in Grafton. We've got uh, Jasmine listening in Bismarck. We've got a Burling fa- family listening up near Grafton tonight. So text me tonight, 701-290-7862. You can email me to be part of the program, robertsimons58 at gmail.com. This is a live program. This is June 16th, 2019. And so, or you could, these are podcasted on Holy Ghost Radio. All you got to do, somebody texted me this week and asked, how do we listen to the podcast? Go on Holy Ghost Radio, uh, download their app, and then get on Holy Ghost Radio, and then just click up on the top left corner, and it, and you'll see a little thing that says podcasts. You go to the Tell It Like It Is show, and Brother Duran usually has them updated um, pretty good, but sometimes it takes him a while to get them updated, but he'll get, get those programs updated. We've got uh, tonight, I want to talk about Happy Father's Day, by the way. It's Father's Day, 2019. This is going to, program is going to be based on Father's Day, but it's going to be a little hard-hitting been talking about what my subject is going to be about all day today. I talked about it in our church service. I talked about it at the county jail, which was kind of tough up there. And tonight I'm going to address it here in our radio broadcast. I want to call this program Sidetracked Father's Day. Sidetracked Father's Day instead of Happy Father's Day. And we're going to be talking a little bit about the story of King David we're also going to be, uh, I'm going to read a scripture to you in Luke chapter 1, a portion of this scripture in verse 17. This is talking about John the Past Baptist, and it's a prophecy 
that was recorded in the book of Malachi. And it says, And he shall be, go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children. And that's what I want to talk about, is turning the hearts of the fathers to the children. I want to f- spend the first part of this broadcast, and I, as I, d- I said, I did bring my guitar in here. I might sing a little bit. Um, who knows? I might make Abe sing a little bit. He's a, he's a guitar player, too, so a better guitar player than his grandpa. Oh, just by the way, too, hey, the Gubroods, brother and sister Gubrood are listening from the Valley City area. Uh, we had, we, our, our teenagers just came home from an awesome youth camp. A, a man named Brother Green was ministering there. And, um, man, did they come on home on fire for God. I think we sent like 20, 22 kids up to youth camp and, and, uh, they came home. They were an hour, many of them were an hour early for church in the prayer room and, uh, just praying and, and the service. Uh, worshiping in the service, and, and God was just doing a really neat work through them. So our church is just, because of that, and because we just have a good church, it's on fire right now. Uh, we want you to come visit us, 501 Elks Drive. Hopefully you can get through this program without getting so beat up that um, that you'll still want to visit us. But it is going to be, I'll just warn you, if you don't want to listen to this, you're a father and you don't want to be a better father, uh, you might want to tune this off because um, it's going to be hard-hitting. I want to start out by talking about King David. King David, who certainly is one of the favorite Bible characters. Uh, Everybody knows the story of David and Goliath, for instance. We know the story of King David and and, um, how he unified Israel and and, um, became the first great king of Israel. Uh, Saul could have been that king, but he walked away from God. But David, I'm just going to say it right up front, uh, was a sidetracked father. He was. David um, uh, practiced something in the Old Testament that seemed like God may have allowed. It was never God's original intention, but that was polygamy. And David had at least, well, he had more than eight wives, eight wives that were named that he had, and uh, and quite and more wives than that, and and a bunch of concubines. And he um, had children with all of these people. And this was a huge mistake, of course, and I believe a sin in the life of David. It's a, it's a very sad story of a great man who became sidetracked uh, in polygamy and, and not doing what he should be doing, which was raising his children. He, uh, he was certainly around to father these children, but he was not a father, as far as I can see, to any of the children, with the exception of maybe Solomon. But the rest of them, um, David did a bad job. And uh, and I, I think I have scripture to back me up on this. Maybe this is bothering you that I'm talking about David this way, who <clears throat> was a good, great man in some other ways, and but he was a terrible father. And it's Father's Day, and I'm going to talk about it. I want to just set the record straight. Polygamy was never God's original intention. Matthew 19, verse 4, Jesus said unto them, Have you not read that he which made them at the beginning made them male and female? Jesus believed in Jesus did not believe in same-sex marriage, by the way. Uh, for you to have a marriage, you've got to have one man, one woman. That's what makes a marriage. And uh, it doesn't matter what the law says. It really doesn't make any difference because we need to get married in the eyes of God not in the eyes of Uncle Sam, and it doesn't matter 
if you're a man and have a boyfriend and decide to get married because you're not married, because that's not marriage. Jesus said, and here again, if you don't like this, argue with Jesus about it. In Matthew 19, 4, he, he said he made them male and female. For this cause shall a man leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and the two shall be one flesh. Wherefore they are no more two, but one flesh. But therefore God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. God's pretty serious about this marriage stuff. It's got to be between a man and a woman. It's only one man and one woman. Notice he said the two shall be one flesh. It's not like three or four or five being one flesh. It's just two, one man, one woman. This was the original from the beginning. That's what he said. He, at the beginning, he made the male and female. And so Jesus was pro-marriage, uh, pro uh, marriage between man and woman, and pro-marriage that a man and woman stay married. The, these are uh, these are troubling times we're in. There's many many broken families, and and I know that this is the cause of most of the problems in our country. Um, unfortunately, even our president has not lived a life of um, staying true to one woman, and um, and and really. Um, you know what, our, that vice president we have, I wished he'd become the president. And that guy, anyway, at least he's doing that part of it right. But God never, never condoned polygamy. And tonight you're going to find out why. Uh, because it's one of the ways that men have gotten sidetracked from doing what they're supposed to be doing. And that's loving their original wife and raising and nurturing their own children. So um, I didn't even know there were polygamists in the, in the United States anymore until we started having people that were polygamists visit our church. During the oil boom, we had people that were polygamists that visited our church. We have uh, some a couple young men that grew up polygamists that are in our church now, baptized in Jesus' name, full of the Holy Ghost. One of the young men has 35 brothers and sisters. He grew up with four moms and one dad. Another one of the young men in our church has two moms and one dad. And uh, and he has like 18 or 19 brothers and sisters. So I didn't even know it existed. Of course, these men don't believe in polygamy now because the Bible is not for it. It's against it. And so David was a polygamist. He had more than one wife, and he wasn't paying attention to his children. Uh, the the um, You know, this... Um, and we can read about some of the drama in First Sam or Second Samuel thirteen, Second uh, Samuel fourteen. We can read about some of the drama of Daniel's children. Uh, and this first segment that I, I'm going to end here in a little bit, but I just want to I want to get through this Abe of talking about about um, the drama of David's children because David was a distracted father. And then I'm going to move into distractions that are distracting fathers today not polygamy. We read about David's oldest son, Amnon, for instance. What a, what a horrible story, Second Samuel 13. Amnon felt, became infatuated with his half-sister, Tamar. Okay, same dad, different moms. David was their father. He ended up, this is a long story, but Amnon ended up raping his sister, half-sister Tamar. And then after he raped her, the Bible said he hated her, threw her out of the house, locked the, had the servants lock the door. And she was totally devastated and alone and came home 
and lived with her brother Absalom. The Bible said in 2 Samuel 13, 21, when David heard of these things, he was very wroth. He was very upset. But you know what David did about it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. Amnon should have been put to death for this, according to the Old Testament law, and he wasn't even reprimanded. Nothing happened to Amnon. This is a little uh, insight into the terrible parenting that David did. He was not involved with his children. And the only time he was involved with his children was on an emotional level when he'd feel bad about something they did or feel bad about them not being with him or something like that. David was too busy being sidetracked, chasing new wives around instead of doing what he was supposed to do and loving his first wife. Even even though Michael, you read something bad about Michael, I think David should have just stuck with her. You know, just had one wife stuck with her. Um, you know, David's problems mainly came because he, well, in fact, all of David's problems came because of, of this not doing his marriage God's way. That's all of David's problems. And so so here we have Amnon who raped his sister. Her, her full brother, Absalom, stuck it in his heart. I'm going to pay this guy back someday. And sure enough, a period of time went by and Amnon, or excuse me, Absalom arranged the murder of his brother, half-brother Amnon. And then after that, Absalom left the country for three years and, and kind of went into hiding. Um, Absalom, you know, I believe he, he was full of righteous indignation that his father had not dealt with Amnon for this terrible thing that he had done to their sister. And so here, uh, Absalom was in, in another country for three years. Word came to Absalom that David, your father, really misses you, and please come home. So Absalom came home, came to Jerusalem, and didn't see his father said, I don't want to see his face. See, I'm telling you, David's a lousy dad. You know, if he had something against his son Absalom, they should have just had it out and, and forgave each other. I don't think at this point Absalom had really done anything wrong according to the Old Testament law. He really hadn't. But two years went by in Jerusalem and finally Amnon and and David met, or Absalom and David met. Well, this is a long story and I'm just going to kind of briefly tell you what happened. Absalom lost respect for his father, tried to take over the, the, the government, became king for a period of time. David was on the run for, for his life. Absalom wanted to kill his own father, David, I believe because of just total disrespect for him. And it didn't work out, and Absalom was killed in battle. David whined and cried, and he, he was, he was uh, you know, he was saying, you know, oh, my son, my son Absalom, Second Samuel 17, 18. Oh, I wished it would have been me that had died instead of you. You see, David was full of remorse for what a lousy parent he was. But what I'm trying to do in this program is I'm trying to catch you that are still fathers to change this thing before it's too late. This program is only for people that still have a chance to raise their children. The rest of you can listen, and maybe you can be a good grandpa or something. But this program tonight is about how David faced Judgment Day with his children because he was a distracted father. 
Uh, Abe's going to play a song. Text me tonight, 701-290-7862.
dreams seem shattered Cause I've blown another day My only hope is in the one who died for me Teach me, Lord going to get into some pretty tough stuff here now talking about fathers uh today the program we're calling the program sidetracked father's day instead of happy father's day because we've got a plague going on in our nation of sidetracked fathers we if you just are tuning in i just spent the first part of the program talking about king david and how he was not really a good father and he was filled with sorrow about his children but how much better if he'd have been filled with how much better if David would have listened to this program when his kids were little? Of course, I don't think he could. But you know what? He could have listened to the Word of God. I do know this: that God, all along, has been looking for good fathers. The reason God loved Abraham so much, and you find out in Genesis eighteen nineteen, is because God knew Abraham would take time teaching his children what was right and wrong, and it does take time. Ephesians 6 and 4 says, you, fa- you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. We've got a lot of children full of anger right now in our country. These school sh- shootings, and I'm not, I, you know I don't get political on this program, but it's not just as simple as people thinking there's too many guns out there. We've got a, a, a society full of angry young men that just needed a dad. You could probably track these statistics and maybe find some exceptions. But I'll bet you just about every one of those school shooters was an angry young man that um, that was just missing a good father in his life. His mom was probably on her second, third boyfriend. And, um, you know, it's, it's just a sad, sad thing what's going on. David was sidetracked with polygamy. What are you sidetracked with? You know, our, you know this this um, this concept of of you know that that scripture in Ephesians six and four when it says fathers provoke not your children to wrath. I think children become angry when they have non-existent fathers. You don't have to be an evil father to do a bad job fathering. You just have to be a sidetracked father, like David was. You just need to get yourself involved with a bunch of other stuff besides loving your original wife and and uh, loving your children. You know, let me, let me just digress just a little bit. It's Father's Day, but you know what? You need to love your wife. The Bible says that, that we need to rejoice with the wife of our youth. My wife and I, she we got married when she was we were 19 years old, and uh, we've been married 41 years. And uh, after we get something to eat tonight, Abe, I'm going to take Grandma out on a motorcycle ride. You know, rejoice with the wife of your youth. Like, like you know, this is this is so important that you know it doesn't say rejoice going hunting, rejoice watching football, rejoice 
with your buddies down at the bar. You know, the, I, I when I drive by bars and see those motorcycles and pickups parked there, I get so sad, not just because I'm against drinking, which I am, but I think about these dads and these husbands that could be home with their families. You know, maybe they work hard. Maybe they work 50, 55 hours a week. What are they doing at the bar without their family? Sidetracked fathers. That's the reason. You know, my son's a politician. He knows this. You can't pass laws to fix this. You can't, you can't pass laws to fix the troubled children that are coming from homes of sidetracked fathers. You can't do it. You know, and you can get defensive and you can get angry if you want to. And you can shut off the radio show and maybe you have. But what I'm saying is the truth. If you have children that you can still raise, your wife, you dads, and and your children, besides your relationship with God, is your number one priority. To bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord is, is not something that will happen by accident. It is not something that will not, it's, it is something that is purely intentional. And it's going to take some thought, it's going to take a plan, and it's going to take working that plan. You might have to switch jobs to bring up your children in the, in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, where we live, I know there's people listening from all over the country. Where we live in Dickinson, there is a lot of high-paying jobs, a lot of lucrative jobs. But some of these jobs take fathers away from their families for weeks at a time. You know what? I'd rather be a beggar at the grocery store than not be able to raise my children. And and you know Pastor Bob believes in work, and I believe in paying your bills, and that's part of the deal. I mean, you know, don't just quit your job without finding another one. Don't blame it on me. But tonight I'm talking about how non Existent fathers are just as bad, just about as bad as evil fathers. When somebody said that children spell love T-I-M-E, that is so true. I have a cousin that is angry about his non-existent father. He and his mother were divorced, and his dad took no interest in his life. He doesn't talk about it, whine about it, feel sorry for himself about it. But if I bring it up, I can tell it's a very sore issue that his dad did not care about him, what happened to him, what he was doing, like he was just on his own, he and his mom. And so tonight, this broadcast, you know, I don't have forever, and I could talk about the subject forever, and I will talk about it for a little longer but you will either bring your children closer to God or, by your example, either take them away from God or give them no direction to God. The greatest form of child neglect there is, is to you fathers, is to neglect to teach your children the ways of God. You know, this, this um, you know, I know, Abe, this sounds like an old record to you because I talk about stuff like this in church all the time but but this this is a you know i have heard a hundred times 
since I've come to God, which has been 40 years. But I probably am not going to exaggerate to say I've heard this 100. Maybe it's only 97. I don't know. I don't want to exaggerate. But people have told me, I was made to go to church when I was little, and I decided I'm not going to make my my kids go to church. That is so dumb. That is one, that's a dumb statement. That's like saying, you know, I was made to brush my teeth when I was little, and I'm not going to make my kids brush their teeth. Or, I was made to wipe my rear end when I was little, and I'm not going to make my kids wipe their rear end. You know, they can just wear a diaper the rest of their life. Nobody would say anything that dumb. And the most important thing in life there is, is that our children go to heaven. Because that's going to outlast this life. And so this idea that you fathers, for instance, I know people, um, there's probably people listening to me. They don't even go to church. I'm mad at the pastor. You know, pastor hurt my feelings. So I'm not going to go to church. So do you think your children are going to make it? Do you think they're going to grow up with a love for God's people when you're so petty that you, you get your little feelings hurt? You know what? Somewhere, somehow, we've got to get some men to, to get a backbone in their life. You come to our church in Dickinson. We got a great church, but if you come long enough, I guarantee you I'm going to probably hurt your feelings. I'm not going to try to hurt your feelings. I'm not going to intentionally hurt your feelings, but I'll forget one of your kids' names. I'll forget your birthday. Um, you know, I'll forget that you told me to pray for you because you were sick or something, you know, and I'm going to hurt your feelings. And then you can go to the next church and they're going to hurt your feelings and to the next church and they're going to hurt their feelings. But this idea about you fathers, um, you need to guide your children to God. Like, I just talked earlier about this phenomenal youth camp that our teenagers just came back from. You know, there were fathers in our church that work hard and raise the money to send their kids to that youth camp. They encourage their kids to go. And what a blessing it was to see these kids come back all fired up for God. You see, I've, I've seen parents that discourage their children from doing the right things. I know parents. I know parents, you guys. Pastor Bob, listen, we've got a great church in Dickinson. I don't know if we set an attendance record or not. We had a lot of visitors today, and we're growing like crazy. But there's all kinds of people wandering around Dickinson that used to go to our church that don't anymore, for one reason or the other. But if you're one of those people listening to me, let me just ask you this. Do your children, are they going to know this Acts 2.38 message? Are they going to have a chance to go to heaven? Or all they're going to hear about is, yeah, that church hurt my feelings, or that church preaches that you can't have a TV in your home, and I don't like people running my lives, blah, blah, blah. Sounds like I'm mad. I'm not mad. I'm, I'm concerned. You know what? You're either going to bring your kids closer to God and the truth, or you're going to drive them away from God and the truth, or my topic tonight, you're not going to give them any direction. They're just going to grow up floundering. If they come to God, it'll just be by the luck of the draw and maybe grandma's prayers. You know, this, you know, you look at, you look at another lousy father in the Bible. His name was Lot. And the reason I believe Lot, there's two reasons I believe Lot was a lousy father. 
Number one, what are you moving your family to Sodom for? This is a wicked city. I mean, it sounded like Lot just got a good promotion and decided to move to Sodom to make some money. But this is a wicked, wicked city. If you're going to move to Sodom, you better move there as a missionary and try to reach these people. But don't just move there and and let your kids try to blend in because they're going to blend in all right and they're going to be just like everybody else. And there's another reason I think Lot was a lousy dad, but I'm not even going to talk about it because it makes me so mad. But this idea that when Lot left Sodom, he left, his wife died on the way out of town. He, he and his two daughters made it. They were messed up. He was messed up. And I don't even want to talk about that story either. There's a lot of things in the Bible that I don't do radio broadcasts about because I just don't like to talk about it. But Lot was a lousy dad. You dads, you know what? You might not have moved to Sodom, but you're bringing Sodom into your home when you bring that television set in there in those Hollywood movies. You know, I, I can't, you know, we've, we are filling up our prisons with boys that are sex offenders. And people are like, why do you think that is, Pastor Bob? Well, I'll tell you why that is. Because they're boys and they're watching pornography in their homes. And it's called entertainment. There's nudity. There's sex. There's, there's sexual language. Well, you've got 10-year-old boys thinking about, 10-year-old boys should be thinking about asking their dad for a new puppy or something. A 10-year-old boy should be thinking about, I wonder if I could put gum in that girl's hair sitting in front of me. Now, don't do that. That's really bad. But 10-year-old boys should be thinking about, boy, I hope my dad takes me out so I can shoot my BB gun today. 10-year-old boys should not be thinking about having sex with somebody. But that's what we are sexualizing our children because of non-existent dads. I, I wished everybody would would uh, would do what our family did before. When my youngest son was a little kid, God convicted me about the television set in our home, and I got rid of it. That was forty years ago, coming up on forty-one years ago, and um, and. That was the best, one of the best decisions we ever made. You know why? Not only the evil that was on television, but you fathers that are sitting there in front of that tele- television, you are a sidetracked father. You're not paying attention to your children. You're not walking and talking and playing catch and, and, um, thinking about what you can do after. You know, my dad was a great grandfather. He was a really good grandfather. My dad, was a um he my dad worked a lot but he would get his some of his weekends off and he would make plans my mom and dad of what they could do with their grandchildren and he would have all kinds of things planned Abe when your dad was little of things that they could do and and my dad would on Friday night and a whole day Saturday um he he um he was a really really good grandfather just like my wife is an extremely good grandmother but you see, we need to be those kind of parents. Oh, man. what? Where's this time gone? Hey, play a little portion of a song, and I'm going to just catch my breath and come back. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, 701-2907. Hey, before you do that, Abe, stop that. There was a guy named Craig, is that right, that called in, Greg, and he's looking for prayer. He had a leg amputated. 
He's a man in a, one of our churches in Kentucky. Uh, we're going to pray for him. Lord Jesus, we ask you to touch this, Greg. God, we ask you, whatever the situation is, Lord, we pray that you would just touch him. God, help him. Help him to recover from this, whatever caused this. We just pray in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Stay tuned. We, we've still got about 20 minutes left. talking about um, the title of this is Sidetracked Father's Day or maybe even Selfish Father's Day. You know, uh, we we started out the program, if you missed it, talking about David, how he got sidetracked in polygamy and he was a lousy dad, King David, and he, he paid the price. There was a judgment day for that, a terrible, terrible, terrible judgment day. And I'm, what I'm trying to do in this program tonight is reach, I don't know, one person, Ten people. I don't know who's listening. But if you have a chance to raise your children, I want to try to help you fathers to to just get something in your head that this is your job. This is your hobby. You know, um, selfishness, men come by it naturally, I believe, but we have a we have a degree of selfishness in this country that is beyond imagination. 
The reason there's so much drug addiction and alcoholism, it's only one word, selfish. That's it. You can talk about, you can talk about how you had a lousy childhood. You can talk about the uh, narcotic effects, the addictive effects of these things, the the uh, chemical effect of effects, the physical effects, you know, heroin, opium is physically addictive, whatever you want to say. But I'm going to call, I'm going to sum it up in one word. If you're a drug addict and you're a dad, you're selfish. If you're an alcoholic and you're a dad, you're selfish. And you need to come to God and get rid of that selfishness. You won't have any trouble quitting drugs. When you start living your life for other people and for God. You know, one of the things that I don't like about some of the treatment jargon I've heard is like, well, I can't do this for anybody else but myself. I've got to quit for myself. It won't work for me to quit for anybody else. That is a bunch of baloney. You know what? Um, it's a great motivation to quit using drugs for your family, for your wife, for your children. That is, there's nothing wrong with that. I, I don't know where people come up with this stuff. I don't know. Even even saying I'm going to quit using drugs for myself sounds selfish. You know what? You need to get out of the drug treatment center. You need to get out. I preached this up at the jail, and this, this was tough up there. It really was. We got a bunch of guys. I felt like I was, you know, really being mean to people, but we got a bunch of guys up there that are missing their children. Wish they could be out, but it was their choices that took them away from their children. You know, you need to get out of the drug treatment center. You need to get out of the jail. You need to get away from your computer game. You need to get out from the bar. You need to get away from your hobby. You need to get off the couch. You need to get out of bed. And you need to get to work, get to church, get to prayer, get up and be a real man, and live your life for God, your wife, your children, and the gospel. That's it. You know, I could say so much more, and I'm going to try to squeeze in some more, but I don't want Abe to get mad at me if I don't let him do his part here. So Abe's going to uh, hes going to get on the air. I'm going to read some of these texts, and then I'll come right back. Well, we're from the New Life Pentecostal Church here in Dickinson, North Dakota. You can visit us. Um, our ad- the address to our church is 501 501- Elks Drive. Um, we have service on Sunday morning at ten o'clock, or Sunday school at ten o'clock a.m. And our worship service starts at eleven o'clock a.m. every Sunday morning at the New Life Pentecostal Church in Dickinson, North Dakota. Also, if you're from the beach area, there's a, a midweek service every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center, seven thirty p.m. Brother Joe is the leader of that service. Um, Brother Joe Hostetler, and um, that's every Tuesday night at the Beach Community Center. Also in Bowman, um, you can visit the Cornerstone Apostolic Church, 18 North Main. Brother Seth is the pastor there, and um, they would love to have you every Thursday night at uh, 7.30, the Cornerstone Apostolic Church in Bowman. Also in Beulah, there's an Apostolic Church um, called the Truth Community Church. The address is 223rd Street Northwest. They have service on Sunday morning at 10.30 and Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. or 7 o'clock p.m. And that's in Bowman, or excuse me, that's in Beulah, 
the Truth Community Church in Beulah. And um, if you'd like more information about any of these services, you can call or text um, Brother Simons, Pastor Bob Simons. Um, his cell phone is 701-290-7862. Or you can email him. His email is robertsimons58 at gmail.com. Thank you, Abe. And um, his girl, Sierra, is listening tonight. The um, And I, that's a girl I like, too. So that's a good thing. The We're, we're talking about sidetracked Father's Day, selfish Father's Day. And I know it's really negative. I, I know that. And I could tell you stories about great fathers instead, and that's probably what I should have done, but I didn't. Um, I, I'm getting people texting me. Nobody's too mad. Um, thank you. Um, and I know this is this is dangerous ground to walk on because just like David, David realized at the end of his life that he had made a mistake, a lot of mistakes, and he was full of regret, full of remorse. What I'm trying to do with this program tonight is to catch you so you don't have to face the judgment day of your children going wrong. I believe that fathers will stand before God and we will have to answer God about if we did our best trying to raise our kids right. I believe that with all my heart. I, I really do. I believe that there is such a thing as free moral will, but I also know that we have a huge influence on our children. And if your children don't know the ways of God and you haven't taught them, that's a scary, scary place to be. You need to start. You really do. Uh, our church is a church, uh, the New Life Pentecost Church, full of families, full of children. If you're a dad listening to me tonight on this Father's Day uh, and you don't even know where to start, I'll tell you what, uh, come to church this Sunday. 10 o'clock, there's a children's church for the kids. And during that 10 o'clock time, there's a, a Bible class for the adults. And then at 11 o'clock is our worship service. Get your kids dressed up. Put them in the nicest clothes they own and bring them to church. You know, feed them a big breakfast. Get up early, dads, and say, hey, we're going to do something really fun today. If your kids have never been to church before, you're going to love our church. They're going to make friends there. Now, You know, that's not going to save you, but I'm just telling you, our church is a fun church. It's full of kids. It's full of teenagers. Uh, you'll walk in not knowing anybody and leave having a bunch of new friends. And so you dads, I tell you what, it's time you don't know anything about God, maybe, but it's time that you learn, for the, not only for the sake of your soul, but for the sake of your kids. You know, there's a little town that's close by Dickinson, and it's got a bar in this town. And the name of the bar is a really dumb name. It's The bar's name is I Don't Know. I Don't Know. Now, first of all, I, I don't know what the owner of the bar meant by that name. But I'm going to tell you this, when it comes to God, you better get to know. You really better. You know, there's there are people right now, there are names of people in my mind, dads, that have walked away from God for various reasons, and none of their children are serving the Lord. None. You know what? If you're one of those dads, I'm, yeah, I'm talking about you. You know who you are, and I know who you are. There's a bunch of them. You walked away from God for money. 
You walked away from God for entertainment. You walked away from God because it wasn't easy. And your children are now without God. Who knows where they are? I'm, I'm praying. You know what? I pray for people. I, there's some of you men that I'm talking about right now. I pray for you every single day that you'd come back to God. Not only for you, but for your children. Because if we don't, there is a judgment day coming. And it's not just the eternal, eternal judgment day, but it's a judgment day for our children. I said earlier in the program that, that, um, that these school shootings and this violence and this transgender mess and the, the homosexuality mess, the, the kids that are so confused. We got kids now, we've got diseases we never even knew about before. Because kids are growing up without discipline, they're growing up without dads. We got every every kid about I think about twenty five percent of the kids probably diagnosed with some kind of mental disease. You know, Aspergers. You know, defiant. Um, you know, uh, just all kinds of stuff. And the only real disease for most of this is just sidetracked dads. Selfish dads playing their video games instead of playing with their children. If we're not careful, we're going to face God in the judgment day. Local schools got a real problem. They've hired policemen to restrain the rage. Metal detectors greet the school children, and I'm here to say, welcome to Judgment Day. Out on the streets I hear the guns blazing, they're not just children going through a stage, cause now they're 18 and beyond raising, and I'm here to say, welcome to Judgment Day. These are the new orphans They've got their backs against the mall There is no peace coming And I'm here to say Welcome to Judgment Day The parents wonder what gets into them Vacation's over, now it's time to pay I know these words will give you no comfort But I'm here to say Welcome to Judgment Day It's not time to play religion, no Can you hear God calling For us to turn our hearts back to Him It's not too late, children It's time to pray Before the Judgment Day It's not time to play religion God is looking for a real change Humbly surrender your will to Him Trust and obey Salvation is yours today It can be yours today Lord Jesus, tonight as we close this broadcast God, you know who I'm reaching for, God And your Spirit's reaching for 
Lord, these fathers that need to turn their hearts back to their wife, to their children, and get out of this mess of selfishness and time wasters and being sidetracked, God, but get to the real issues so that someday they can say like Joshua, is me for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We just pray in the name of Jesus, God. I pray, Lord, that you have your hand in this, God, and your convicting power will do the job, Lord, that it needs to do to touch each one. In Jesus' name. Pastor Bob here. Come and find me, 501 Elks Drive, next service Wednesday night, 730. That's right here in Dickinson, North Dakota. God bless you, folks. Next week, we've got Dr. Matt Ramsey. He's got a doctorate in psychology. He's going to be with us, and he's going to be doing the program next Sunday night, 806 to 906 Mountain Time. God bless.
Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.